Chapter 7 The Girl Who Flies The Hackwatch, El said, stopping a moment on their climb toward the hulking fortress atop the hill. I have not been here for an age. For centuries the kings of the Kovimest ruled over this land, hard, unforgiving men. Their appetite for conquest outsized their capacity to govern. The Hackwatch was their stronghold, and woe to those who came here unwilling. Dungeons? Kyla said, perking up. She always liked stories about dungeon escapes. You could call them that. I suspect the depths below are hollow and abandoned now. The Iron Scholars live in the fortress now, studying the stars and reading portents in them. Though they pretend to be a martial order, playing with old swords and spears, El's gaze never left the looming fast hold, and a chill had come into her voice. The scholars are aligned with the Shadline Order? In one way of thinking, I doubt they'd give much credit to the creed of listen and obey, but perhaps they will have insights to offer. A few of them are wise. A few? El lifted a delicate brow. There is at least one fool in every group. True even of our threesome, Jill said eyeing Kyla meaningfully. Kyla let it go. I think I've fallen in with a band of daft ducks, Nax. I have never seen a duck. I think I could eat one, beak to tail. They have bills, not beaks. Nonetheless, I'm hungry enough to eat one entire. I have an apple. Nax sent the sensation of gagging up a hairball. You can eat when we get to the hack watch. How long? I don't know. Several more grueling hours by the looks of it. Fly us up! The temptation was strong. And Kyla might have tried it, the monarch's consternation be damned, except she had found flying to be a rather unreliable feat of late. That was Highest Quib's fault, for asking her in detail how the feat was done. The more she'd thought about it, the less she was able to do, which, she supposed sourly, meant that Flamishtack was right. The day was dimming now, and the rain snapped hard against Kyla's face, forcing her head down. The road narrowed as it climbed, and they soon overtook a man leading a large donkey. A figure was slumped atop the animal, wrapped in blankets. The beast was laden with panniers and a huge warhammer bound to one flank. The unmistakable shape of a tarred sailor's queue hung down the man's massive back. His ham shoulders and oak trunk torso were as familiar to Kyla as Nax's face. Crit Sanglo, she called cheerfully. You're no faster than a one-legged Atlan. The man turned, red-faced and ready to bellow an angry response, but his jaw flopped open at the sight of Kyla. She ran to him, grinning. Well met, old friend. His arms engulfed her and lifted her from her feet. Lass, your cheery face fills me flag and mainsail. A long journey it's been, and rough seas the whole course from Starside to this kill-damn game trail. A strange tick passed across his face, like a fleeting rag of cloud passing over the sun. He let her go and looked her up and down. Your hair! Your locks get caught in a windlass, or are you trying to look like young Jill over there? Jill coughed, and Kyla leveled an irritated glare at both of them. Crit's hands suddenly clenched so tightly the skin over his knuckles looked ready to crack. Do you got your riggin' in knots, Crit? 
Kyla asked. She'd seen him angry plenty of times. It came with running a tavern full of trezfiends and thirsty sailors. No less, never better, and your, and your. He coughed, and a bit of spittle drooped from his lower lip. His face went pale. And and yourself, lassie, I hear, I I hear, I I hear strange things. Kyla straightened, seeing the wrongness in her friend. Skin prickling with alarm, she looked to the donkey. Is that Quinn? That be, that be. He swallowed hard and spat on the ground. And, and none too well is she. He heaved a shaky breath. The cords at the side of his neck stood out, like a man straining under a great weight. Kyla uncovered the figure's head. Quinn's hair was wrapped in a kerchief to keep it from her face. She looked white as death, mouth open and drooling. What happened to her? Alarmed, she dropped her mask and brought Mercus bolts to life within her. Hold, Kyla, El called before she could dive into Quinn's inner workings to find the source of her illness. Why, she's sick. I can... I said hold. Crit's face went red. He gurgled and choked. No, not her. The words tore from his throat as his lips pulled back into a guardhound snarl. Lunging for the donkey, he pulled the great maul from its straps. He raised it in trembling hands. Run, girl! He shook so hard his heels juttered on the road. His eyes changed to hatred. With a great cry, he brought the head of the battle hammer toward Kyla's skull. Shocked, she stood planted like a stump. A clang rang out as Jill's sword intercepted Crit's blow. But such was Crit's strength, Jill's efforts merely diverted the strike. The maul grazed Kyla's hair and carried on its way, twisting Crit with its momentum. Jill blurred, arms swinging in a snake-like counter, taking the huge sailor in the back of the leg. The blade sank in deep. Crit howled, phlegm flying. With a vicious yank, Jill sliced her blade free and lashed the tip up to bite into Crit's forearm. You're out of practice, Shadline, she said. This wasn't right. Not at all. Kyla staggered back, overwhelmed with the horrific strangeness of Crit's rage. Crit would never attack her. He had just hugged her. Move back, El said, coming to her. Jill, do not kill him if it can be avoided. Kyla, put your Mercus mask in place. Crit was kneeling now, sweating profusely and trying to wield his maul one-handed. Three more deep wounds wept blood onto the dirt track. The donkey skittered sideways, craze-eyed with fear. El darted to scoop up the beast's lead. With an eerie crooning bolt of Mercus, the woman soothed the animal. Crit continued to flail his weapon. Jill dodged easily, parrying with her sword the way one might play at swords with a child. Take the donkey, El said, thrusting the lead into Kyla's hands. El formed more bolts as she waited for Crit's next feeble blow to swing his torso around. His strength was draining quickly, even though some inner force compelled him to fight. El smoothly stepped inside his reach and gripped his head in her hands, thumbs at the corners of his eyes. She overcame him, and with Will or Mercus, bade him return her stare. Crit's eyes were wrong. 
They had always been dark, but now they looked infected with tiny white maggots that squirmed in the irises. Flecked with tresh, El said. He's drunk a mooncrafter's brew. I'll wager the same is true for the Pauline girl. What's a mooncrafter? Carla demanded. What's tresh? Jill answered as El prepared inconceivably intricate bolts. You've heard of fern eaters? She plucked a pristine white cloth from her pack and commenced wiping Crit's blood from her face. Of course, virgin magic from chewing weeds. You are truly ignorant, aren't you? Don't answer. You're too ignorant to even know how stupid you are. Have you heard of will shift? I've been on both sides of it. A will shift was a murkus feat that took control of another person's body. Kyla was sorely tempted to lay a heavy will shift on Jill and make the woman slap her own behind with the flat of her sword. Instead, she asked, That's what Tresh is? A fern eater will shift? Similar. Had you barged your powers into Quinn Pauline's mind, you likely would have succumbed to her state. Her enlightened knows the byways of such spells. Allow her to attend to them, and you to the donkey. Can you manage that much without causing a pitched battle? I should ash her, Naxie. I should leave her a smoldering pile of dust right where she stands. So do it. Leave it to Nax to challenge her bluff. Nax went on. Why do you chase Jill's yarn balls? She makes a kitten of you. The admonishment made Kyla feel silly. The donkey nosed her and she rubbed its snout. Jill reached up to pat Quinn's face to wake her. But it looked to Kyla as if Quinn was halfway into Lumni's last embrace. The donkey stamped and pulled at its lead, trying to go down the trail the wrong way. Kyla fished her last apple from her cloak pocket. This got the beast's attention. Crit slumped in El's grasp. She let him fall. Move his weapon onto the donkey, Jill. Do not touch it. You may have to use Crit's hand to lift it so that you can secure a rope to the haft. You can lift it by the rope, but let no part of it touch you. Shatter is not friendly. El wiped her hands on her cloak. I closed his wounds. I could not remove the trash. A strong brew. Certainly slipped to him unawares. Whoever did this wished for him to kill you, Kyla. Suddenly chilled, Kyla scanned their surroundings, certain that someone was watching. Skin thrilling, she twirled, searching the mist surrounding the pines lining the road. Nax's claws jabbed into her skin to better secure herself against Kyla's gyrations. I can feel them. El faced up the path, eyes closed, listening. Someone comes. More than one, Jill said. She raised Kinch, ready for battle. The crunch of horse hooves and smash of trampled underbrush resounded in the air. Some came from uphill, more arose from below, still more pressed from the flanks. And then the horses emerged, bearing riders in leathers or chainmail, bearing swords, flails, hammers, and every other conceivable weapon. Kyla dropped her mask. No, Kyla! El shouted. Kyla ignored the command. She summoned her powers, furious that such a sinister trap had been laid for her. More insulting, they had turned one of her dearest friends against her, endangering his life as much as hers. Blue spheres of mercasine formed over her hands. 
their glistening surfaces roiled with the oily black of her rage. The men and women pressed their beasts forward, weapons raised. They circled, hemming the trio in. Kyla pulled her arms back, ready to hurl her feet into the enemies. Kyla Sai, desist! El Laminwi stood in front of her, blocking Kyla's throw. Her face was pure fury. She held out a hand, and Kyla thought she was preparing her own attack. But El did not hold the Mercus at all. These are allies. These are Shadline. The horses slowed and finally stopped. Kyla realized the men and beasts were mostly facing away. They were guarding her and her companions. Kyla released her Mercus, and the spheres sizzled into nothingness. One man dismounted and clanked forward, pulling a winged helm from his head. Tucking it under his arms, he fingered off his gloves. He wore a longsword on his hip. El Laminwi went up on tiptoe to kiss his cheek. I had hoped to come quietly, Shad Lykea. Alas, the force of destiny announced you loudly. He eyed the donkey and crit sanglo and warned of great danger to you and your companions, and I see we were not needed. Shad Lykea was tall, fair-haired, and closer to forty than thirty. His beard was braided on one side, well kept. His gray eyes swept over their surroundings. We covered the terrain. I doubt a vole could have escaped our notice. We all heard the call at once. More than a hint, more than instinct. It was a hard shout. We obeyed. The danger must be grave, said an elderly man on a rather bony mount. His stooped shoulders looked utterly defeated by his mail coat. With soft presses of his heels, he urged his horse into the circle. Shad Alt, El said, not so warmly. No effort to kiss a cheek either. Alt had small eyes, but keen. He was looking at Kyla. So this is the girl who flies, eh? I dare say she is the grave danger we felt. I assure you, Shad Alt, Kyla Sai is our ally. Without her I would be dead. But more I will not discuss here. Let us proceed to the observatory and to the armory. To this the old man leaned back and sneered, We are not your subjects, El Le Minoui. Do not presume to order us about. Shad Lykea waved his hands in frustration, glaring at the old man. Alt returned the stare by leaning forward and tilting his head to one side, a clear challenge. It struck Kyla as foolish, for Lykea was stronger than the old man. But Lykea did not say more and did not put Alt in his place. Before Kyla could speak in her own defense, she felt a hand on her arm. It was Jill's. The woman didn't glare so much as shake her head at Kyla. Grudgingly, Kyla let it go. She caught a glimpse of a man with an arrow knocked, not drawn, but it would take mere heartbeats to put an arrow through her neck from where he sat his horse. She wished Flaumishtak had showed her the armor cloak trick, though she thought she could manage something similar if pressed. She waved at the man and smiled. He was older than Lykea, round-faced and weather-beaten as a sailor. Could you stow the pin flicker, Sir Shadline? 
I get itchy when folk try to stick me from afar. He considered a moment, then snorted a wry laugh and stuffed his arrow in a saddle quiver. With smooth practice motions, he unstrung the bow and sheathed it in a supple leather bag. Kyla nodded a thank you. See, she sent to Nax, I can be downright civil. All that it required was a man to return the favor. She sent it with as much humor as she could muster, but Nax didn't reply. The cat was tense on Kyla's shoulder, and for good reason. The feeling of being watched had not faded. Maybe it was because there were so many eyes on her at that moment, and they were not all men. One in four was a woman, two were elderly, perhaps older than Alt, the youngest was fourteen, Kyla guessed, a curiously cold-eyed lass with untamed curls cut short like Jill's. Despite her look of wildness, she had the face of a girl who should be back in her village, pining for some boy she wished to dance with at Winter Night Festival. She did not blink as Kyla regarded her, but merely raised a sword in a salute. Or was it a challenge? Is that Sanglo? a middle-aged woman from the circle asked. It is. I would know him anywhere. What have you done to him? She dismounted and rushed to the fallen man. Her skin was dark and smooth, jaw wide and striking. He has drunk tresh, El said. More I cannot say. Please, let's proceed to the hackwatch. We are road-weary and in need of rest and refreshment. I say the girl who flies should be restrained to protect us from her power. Shad Alt was addressing the remainder of the Shad lines, seeking allies. Several nodded. Others seemed to pass their unease to their mounts, which stamped and snorted. Jill said, And what relic do you have that will block her from the Mercusine and prevent her from ashing you where you sit? This did draw a humorous laugh from Shad Alt. I'm surprised at you, daughter. Do you think I would suggest such a thing if I did not have the answer? He jerked his hand. A young man immediately urged his horse forward and extended a velvet satchel. Alt withdrew an object, the sight of which pulled a curse from Kyla's lips. It was a crown with seven gems around the band. It was a vazan. <laughs>